Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Friday. I hope your week has treated you well. Today, I am talking with Kat Sled, a trauma-informed expert in friendship breakups and family of origin healing. She's also an Enneagram type four, and she's been on the podcast before, and you all loved her. So Kat, welcome to the show. Hi, Sarah Jane. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to be back. Yeah, I'm so excited you're here. So as you know, we start every episode with Rosebud and Thorn. What are yours today? Uh, mine today are kind of all intertwined. Um, my rose is that I just submitted my manuscript to my copy editor. So it's like handing off a big, you know, portion of that project, as I'm sure you know about too. Yeah. And so I'm really looking forward to that being done. I think it's been about five years, really, that I've been working on it, if we count the pandemic years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think the lost lot, years. Right, exactly. I'm like, is it technically three years? It's our own little blip. Um, and I think the thing that's just not great is there's just a lot of fatigue in my life. And I would would like to slow down, but really the things that I have committed to for my own like goals um, just require pushing myself a little bit harder than is comfortable. So I'm really tired, but yeah, that's, that's my check-in. Yeah. Um, I, my husband this morning, he's a four as well. He said, I just want to relax. (laughs) I just want like, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but he's, and when I started asking him like, oh, when could you relax? He's like, well, I also have all these things I would like to do. <laughs> oh, that does. Yes, that is the plight of it. Yeah. I could stare at a wall, but then I would be missing out on what I actually want to do. Yep. Oh, sorry. So um, you wrote a whole book. I did. Yes, it is. So, on. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about the book? Like what's it about? What? Spurred you to want to write it? Yeah. Um, Well, what it's about is friend breakups. And I feel like we don't have a way to talk about our tension or conflicts or endings of friendships with each other. We tend to talk about them with other people. And I think that that's because there's a lot of shame surrounding it. So what would it be like if we could actually start to have these conversations with each other? So the book is called How to Be a Bad Friend, The Hidden Life of Failed Relationships. Um, kind of a play on we all grow into a world where like good is wanted. Mm -hmm. So what is that? Where does that leave the parts of us that we feel like are not good or don't live up to that or the ways that we regress when we're feeling stressed or strained or exhausted? Kind of like I was just saying, like, is there room for all of us to belong in friendships? And what does it actually look like when we're in the mess with each other? 
Um, and really what spurred me to write it is I had lost a bunch of friendships and mm-hmm. I felt so alone in that. And like, there is no one to talk to because normally you talk to your friends about things that are difficult. Um, and so mm-hmm. I'm hoping that this will give us a way to access language with each other um, so that we can learn how to end our friendships well or work through conflict um, together with a lot more freedom from shame. So, yeah. So you were saying like, I went through these friendship breakups. Like mm-hmm. what, what is on the other side of that, right? Like being the recipient of a friendship breakup, mm. like we don't talk about that a lot, right? Like what that yeah. looks like. We don't have like systems for that in place. Typically mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. act like we're supposed to just move on. Like nothing happened. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we do. I mean, I think in a funny way, what the book is exploring is that what are the systems that we have? Because we do have them, they're just not explicit. So I think that um, we use a lot of labels that are really comfortable um, and calling a friend unhealthy or toxic or dramatic or difficult mm. really takes the edge off of what's actually happened, mm. um, which is often betrayal or being missed or some failure. Mm. Um so we have systems, but those systems, I think, are making us more lonely rather than inviting us to real connection. Because we we want room for the parts of us that are messy. But what does that mean when our friend is messy and parts of us get, you know, scared of that? And um, how, do, how do we find a place um, for us to struggle together? Gosh, I remember being in Colorado, what, like pre-pandemic, 2020, yes. early 2020, oh yeah. and having coffee with you and you saying like, I just want to, everyone to stop using the word toxic. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. can mm-hmm. we talk about that? Like, cause you, I, sure. you kind of blew my mind with that, honestly. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm, I'm remembering that coffee date. That was just such a joy to get to see you in real life. Um, yeah, I think, let me say this, toxic is a really helpful word. And sometimes we do need Mm -hmm. that word. So maybe I'm looking back on my younger self and saying, all right, let's, let's um, create some nuance here. But I think what a toxic friendship is, is actually a friendship that can't metabolize conflict. Mm -hmm. Um, And when we think about toxic, something that um, makes, what makes something toxic is really the way that it enters the body. And so how can we explore um, what is the thing in the friendship that we that is feeling toxic, and how is it entering the friendship? How is it impacting the friendship? How can we even create distance from instead of putting it on a person, actually making it into a space outside of both of you? So there's a little mm. bit more breathing room to engage it. Yeah, um, because it's a really it's a really easy go to for when things are just out of hand, but like. Who, which which one of us has never um, can say we've never either been toxic or um, we aren't afraid of places in us that if we let them be seen, we would be called that. I love this because I think that's such a releasing of shame too. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if I think about there's certain relationships where I feel like it's just so much harder for me to be my best self because yeah. they maybe they really trigger me or maybe I feel really mm-hmm. threatened or like there's something there that just makes it difficult. So if I can say like, whoa, my I'm reacting and it's mm-hmm. creating some like toxicity, but I am not toxic. I am yeah. like someone who's having a response or is like choosing a behavior or is unconsciously choosing a behavior. So how can we like heal this instead of like, you know, they're bad or I'm bad. Someone has to be bad. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you zoom out a little bit more, the question of like why we aren't even 
feeling like we can talk about this or we're not allowed to talk about it or it's hard to talk about. Like, what is actually going on there? Where were we robbed of our very human um, dignity and desire and need to be able to process difficult things together? Hmm. Um, so, you know, even the fact that we we use a label um, as opposed to being able to feel like we can step into that environment with confidence and find our way forward, either whether the relationship continues or not, like that has its own um, history too. So- what I hear, you know, you kind of saying is like, we need to be able to have healthy conflict in our friendships and look at it as like, okay, we're, we're two people against the problem instead of like, which, Mm -hmm. you know, I get in marriage counseling, but no one tells you this for friendships, Yeah, but it's just as valid, right? Like that sense of like, we need to work on this together. Um, How do we, if we have a friend in our life who we're like, I feel like they're toxic, (laughs) you know, like maybe... (laughs) Like that's like the sensation that's arising. Where do we start having these conversations? Because I think most of us are very out of practice. Yeah. Well, I think I, – let me say this. When I like say I talk about friend breakups, you know, it is coming from the place of being broken up with and I have ended some mm-hmm. friendships. But I am not actually – like I'm not a conflict mediator. Um, mm-hmm. I've learned how to do conflict well um, in my relationships through a lot of trial and error and loss, you know, hence the friend breakups. But there are like ways to engage conflict and like theories around that. So I'm going to like name that I'm not the expert there okay? um, in answering that question. But what I think I want to invite us to and about the question of how is the way that we're looking for the how is actually further back in our story. You know, what have Mm -hmm. we even thought about what conflict means for us? Like, you know, I notice in myself, even as we talk about conflict, my heart rate gets a little elevated. has it meant that I would be humiliated? Has it meant that I wouldn't be heard? Or if we go to the Enneagram 4, that I'm not understood. Um, mm-hmm. And what does it mean for you? Because if you have friendship conflict, you both have different histories with tension and both have different mm-hmm. beliefs about what that means about you to either have brought tension or to have to deal with it, you know? Mm-hmm. So from there, one of the things that I've found really um, beautiful is some research uh, by uh, Brown and Gilligan. It was in the early 90s. Um, And it's a book called Meeting at the Crossroads. So if you like to, you know, look for where where things are from, they talk about how particularly girls in adolescence lose access to their voice because they're not allowed to have conflict with each other. And so if we actually begin to see conflict as the invitation and a way that we actually are meant to find our voice, because you have two people who don't agree about something and therefore you have to be in your voice to be able to have conflict. I think that creates a lot more freedom about, wait a minute, I'm actually missing out on something that I desire for myself here. And there's an invitation to play rather than... um, what I've been told that it is, like that it's shameful or I'm bad or I'm a problem um, if there's something I disagree with. If that makes mm. sense. Absolutely. I think like I can think about my first early memories of friendship breakups, like starting mm. in middle school. Yes. And it it being because like maybe they made me feel a feeling I didn't want to feel. Mm-hmm. And instead of like knowing how to be with myself in that feeling or knowing how to talk to them about that feeling, Mm -hmm. I just avoided that person Mm. because I was really avoiding the feeling. Mm. Mm -hmm. But I can think about like, we weren't allowed, like when you talking about like not having conflict with each other, because it's like, it's, it's me versus the group at that point, which was terrifying. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good word to use. And and maybe not even just not wanting to be with that feeling, but at that age, we aren't supposed to be alone in that feeling. Mm. Like we should have our, you know, caregivers, you know, our parents, mm. our, you know, teachers and um, being supported in that when we're in that phase as well. Like that was another thing that came out of this research is that um, they were trying to facilitate space where girls could have conflict with each other. Um, not mm-hmm. like starting conflict, but just environments where conflict would naturally come up. Someone took their seat. Like, are they allowed to go back and ask for their seat or be upset that their seat is taken? Like what's actually happening? And we're meant to be at that age held in those feelings. So when we come into adulthood, um, having to go it alone, like, of course, we're going to tap out when things get mm-hmm. tough with friends. That makes so much sense to me. and. When you think about like being broken up with mm-hmm. as, you know, as a friend, like how do we move through that without sh- feeling like we're the problem or there's something like broken in us or we're like shameful or bad or unlovable? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really big question. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. I'm, and I mean, I'm here I am uh, with Taylor Swift's anti-hero song here. It's me. Hi, mm-hmm. I'm the problem. It's me. Um, I think if – if I borrow this beautiful phrase from my therapist and all the years of therapy, but how do we turn towards those places in us? Um, because there, there are, it, the sensation of the feeling of it might not mean that it's true, but there is something within us that's asking to be seen. So when we feel mm-hmm. bad or when we feel like we are the problem, like are we able to be with that in ourselves? Um, what else comes up around it? You know, maybe we start to feel really, Um, sad or we feel really scared or we feel like we just have to push it away. But what does it mean to be with, wow, what does it mean to be with your deepest fears about who you are? And I mean, a friend breakup Mm -hmm. will really, that, that, that will come knocking at your door. And so what does it mean to invite that in and to be able to sit with that place in yourself? And this is where I want us to be able to have these conversations with each other because then we aren't sitting with it alone, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, because we think that, I think what, you know, what does shame tell us that you're the only person that's this way, that you're the only person with this wrong with you. <laughs> um, but the reality is um, our friend breakup stories, while they're each unique and we are alone in our circumstances, we are not alone in the experience of like who else has had, th- had this happen. Oh man, that's so good. I think like it's interesting because for me, I think because I'm, you know, that seven energy. Mm that I'm so much better at going like, well, here's where I'm not the problem. (laughs) And and I know I'm thinking about my four husband. He's so Mm. good at being like, here's where I am the problem, you know, or Mm. like it probably all is my problem. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I've had a harder time learning to sit with like, sometimes I am the problem. Mm. And so like, I love that you said like, just turn, turning toward it. When my my seven brain went like, well, how do we stop these feelings from happening? How do we make mm-hmm. those feelings go away? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, well, I love that. Um, I, I mean, what a playful like dynamic to even have like in that in your partnership there. Like, that's so good. But I think there's there's a strength there. I mean, I'm sure you would agree. Like, we need mm-hmm. to be able to know if we're going to actually address where we are the problem. We do need to know where we aren't the problem. Mm -hmm. like they both, they go hand in hand. Um, 
and being willing to be open to that. But I think the question about like, what do I do with those feelings? It's like, what does that mean about you? If you feel this way, what does that mean about you? Does it mean you're the problem? But can you get more specific? Um, mm. You know, like I think you, I remember one of the things, Sarah Jane, you're so good at inviting people to do is really exploring the fear to the fullest extent. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, the, and, and then actually like realizing you can be with it. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, well, what if this happens? Well, what if this happens? What if this happens? So I think, and I, I love that. I still do that exercise from learning it from you. Um, mm-hmm. And so that feeling that you're feeling, you know, any other seconds or anyone who's like, wait a minute, what if, what do I feel, do when I feel this? Um, well, what does it mean about you? You know, what if mm-hmm. that's true? Like, and, and continue to explore because there's something within you that actually isn't getting to express that, you know, that mm-hmm. probably needs to feel, you know, and here's my foreness again understood in order to feel like they can let go of that terror. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So what if we're the friend and we feel like, okay, I've been doing all of this personal growth work. I'm growing. I'm changing. Mm-hmm. And this friendship just doesn't feel like it fits anymore. Mm-hmm. One, like what's step one? But then like two, how – like step one, maybe there's a way to preserve that relationship that I don't know about, you know, that like mm-hmm. we should be enlightened on. But then also too, like if we do need to end that relationship, like how can we do that well? Yeah. Okay. I feel like there's a couple of um, – important pieces to this question. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what I annoyingly continuously invite people to is that there is no formula. Um, I want <laughs> like, it. Sorry. But I also think that, you know, they, we're served by things that are different tools, you know, and mm-hmm. so um, it's circumstantially. But what I maybe want to invite the wider question to is what do you desire? And I think we've been handed a lot of desires, you know, for specific types of relationships. We're finally getting to a place in society where we've liberated like these romantic desires. Like you don't have to have X, Y, Z for this relationship, this little Disney film happily ever after. Um, but we haven't actually done that for friendship. So what do you want in a friendship? What do you, what are your needs in friendship? What do you have to offer in a friendship? And most of us just actually haven't even explored that. You know, we're just mm-hmm. in this mode of, what does that mean? So how can you notice that within yourself? And that's like a you thing. That's not necessarily your friendship thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no one's ever asked me that before in terms of a friendship. Yeah. Like people have asked me that in my job. People have asked me that in marriage. Mm-hmm. But I feel like friendships for me, this is so weird, but I'm realizing like they come with more shoulds in my mind than almost anything else. Like, well, you Mm -hmm. shouldn't, or you should want this in a friend, or you should just be stick by your friends, even when it doesn't feel good. You know, there's a lot of not, I don't really ever think like, what do I want? Yeah. And so when we're moving from that place, we still have things we want, but we just kind of have pushed Mm -hmm. them a little bit more into the unconscious so that we're in this relationship, but operating under those, you know, shoulds as you're saying really well. So what do you, what do you want? And that's such a vulnerable question. Mm-hmm. Like that exposes things in us that we don't have. Whenever we explore our desires, we're going to find things that we're living without, you know? Oh um, 
Yeah. And so I think that's another reason why we kind of just, you know, go along with friendships as long as they're easy and good. And we don't realize that that's a burden on our friendships and on ourselves and our friends are holding it too. So what does it mean for us to just come back to our hearts, ourselves, and from there, we actually are invited to connect to each other? Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> and that's where I like the question that you're asking earlier, well, what's step one? It's like, what do you desire? And then even from there, one of the things that I actually love about being connected to our desires is that our desires actually are inherently like in conflict with each other because no two of us are the same. So it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they're maybe pitted against each other, but the things that I want are different from what you want. And actually that's the place where we're invited to this like playground of healing and friendship, whether the friendship ends or whether the friendship continues or not. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a friendship where there's like, you know, that sense of, okay, I feel like I'm growing and this person isn't like, well, there's, there's an interesting, you know, judgment. What is the, what is the dynamic of the friendship to that point? There's so many questions and things um, that are, that are coming up right there within you as a result of the friendship that you have. Like, the, the, just, uh, does that make sense? Like, well, yeah, ex- ex- give me more from, for that. Yeah. So like, even the sense of your own growth in that moment mm-hmm. is almost in, it's almost because of this friendship where you feel like there isn't room to grow. So okay, okay. I'm not saying stay or go, but look at, to look at it as not this obstacle that's in your way, but this thing that's inviting you to understand more of yourself. Dang. Yeah. And, and that's, that's true about every relationship, no matter what. And I don't mean that we like are looking at each other for lessons. Cause that's another thing where I feel like when we turn people into lessons, we all become less human. Mm. So we want to be able to be human, but, um, there's something, there's some irritants, um, there that has more of a hidden meaning to it or hidden life to it. Um, where you might actually find places in yourself where you have in your history people who held you back and it feels like this gnawing in your gut and this anxiety in your chest and Mm -hmm. this moment of your friendship where you even haven't even broached the subject with your friend but you're going wait a minute here's my history that actually this tension in my friendship um unspoken or not just invited me to look at Mm -hmm. does that make sense Oh, for sure. And I love this because we're not, it's not making it about the other person. Mm-hmm. It's not saying like this person is bad. This person is wrong. This person is like less awoken to the ways of the world than I am. And I've outgrown yeah. them. It's like, mm-hmm. what is arising in me? Mm-hmm. And I love the question, like, what do I desire versus like, what do I need? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you're allowed to just desire. Yeah. And I don't think that like a lot of us give ourselves that permission to just kind of want something, mm-hmm. want something <laughs> without yeah, like totally. a proof of need of that thing. Yeah. And then like, yeah, there's just so much good stuff there. And it really is like, how do we come back to how, what is this bringing up in me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can, and, and we are talking about friendship. So I'm, you know, what, there's a lot of inner exploration that's invited to because of the relationship and the relationship matters mm-hmm. itself. So like, how do we end well? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I really have been um, so grateful for the work of psychologist, Dr. Dan Allender. He talks a lot about how we sabotage endings. Um, so I, how can we end well is something that not a lot of us also like conflict are very good at. Because it's mm-hmm. easier to walk away from something that is 
uh, brutality than it is to walk away from something that is beautiful. So it feels like, wow, if we can end our friendship, well, don't we still have a friendship, you know? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so what does it mean to end well? <sighs> Gosh, I think that it's important to begin with the fact that we are actually designed and made for um, closure and 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 good endings, you know, just like we, mm-hmm. we love to read those books again. Like we, we love that feeling. Um, but it's scary for us to, you know, maybe as you come back to desire, want that. So if you do need to end a friendship, what does it mean to step into the unknown territory of risking starting to have a conversation with that friend rather than with a third party or somebody else about that friendship? And that's where that's, that's unknown. You know, I, I couldn't say, um, there's there's not a formula there because that's real vulnerability. I'm so curious about your thoughts on this. And just be like totally honest with me because you're I really value your perspective and we might just like have a different experience and you you sure. know what I mean? So yeah. um something that like has helped me in the past is kind of like adopting this mentality of like friendships are inherently temporary. Mm-hmm. And that like I'm probably there's very few people in my life who will be there forever mm-hmm. and so there's like kind of a there is inevitable end to most friendships and, and I think a lot of times that happens very naturally mm. um, where we both kind of drift apart but then like other times it's it's more uh, uncomfortable than that right there's like an actual breakup involved Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering because like there's so much of my sevenness in that that like I'm mm. very interested in your perspective. Well, so here's what I love, like whether I like agree, disagree, like that is mm-hmm. so beautiful and such an invitation and also mm-hmm. a lot of like freedom for anyone that you're in a friendship with that there's not this like um, there's a Calvin and Hobbes comic uh, that's like if your friendships are contractual, you don't have any <laughs> <laughs> Calvin tries to get Hobbes yeah. to sign a friendship contract. And um, so part of the reason I think we love friendship is because of the freedom there. There's an inherent freedom mm-hmm. that it's undefined. Um, and so my response to that is I know in myself, I have such a deep desire for loyalty and mm-hmm. longevity. And where am I unconsciously placing that demand? on my friend? Or where am I holding that desire as something that's my own and just being aware of it so tenderly, especially as, you know, friendships end or I've had friendships that have been ended with me, you know, how do I still honor that desire in myself and not disregard it, even if my reality doesn't, doesn't reflect or offer me that. So, um, yeah, does that make sense? Oh, a hundred percent. And it goes back to kind of what you were saying earlier, which is like when you start to examine what you desire, yeah. they're going to conflict. So like mm-hmm. someone like me who desires freedom and change and some versus mm-hmm. like someone who's like desires like belonging and loyalty, mm-hmm. there's gonna be kind of a an innate conflict there that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that neither of us will ever get what we want. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. that we can't provide each other that, mm-hmm. but maybe it just is going to take a lot more like conscious, consciously paying attention to it. And I think the Enneagram is such a cool yeah. tool for that. Like being like, oh, they're doing this because they value X, Y, or Z. Yes. Yeah. Understanding what people value and being willing to be in relationship, even as that's, that differs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one of the things where it's like friendships 
they so much of the ways that we interact really in any relationship do come from how we learn to interact just growing up in our development. Um, and so we're sometimes replaying those stories to get a different outcome, or sometimes we're replaying them because we want to stay with what's familiar and safe. And so we stay in these cycles relationally. But with friendship, I think um, we are invited to um, healing, be- not because of the person. So not because, you know, you've surrendered your desire for temporality or like that, you know, freedom for that for you to like stick with it, you know, stick with me Mm -hmm. no matter what. But um, we're in, I get to be in the context of difference with you and be closer to my own desires and then open up more spaces even in myself because I get to understand yours. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're not healed because of each other, but within the context of friendship as a whole no matter what. Fascinating. I'm so interested in like this sense of, because I think we, I talked about it actually, I think Monday on the podcast about just being like so obsessively Mm self-reliant and trying to unlearn that, you know, and allow myself to be influenced by people, allowing myself to be like dependent on people or, you know, not, Mm -hmm. that's even, I'm like, "Mm, I'm going to, I'm going to skirt back from that. (laughs) Love it. But so much of what you're saying is like, we need each other. We belong to each other. We grow because of other people. There's so much like influence there. Yeah. And I think that's where it's like, even if your friendship is on the rocks or it is feeling toxic or unhealthy, like what is, what is there to be explored still remains, you know, and there's things outside Mm -hmm. of our control, like we can get broken up with, um, but there's, there's still, um, the places within us that we can be with. And hopefully, you know, we can have more space to end well together. But I think that's the invitation of where we lose relationship as a result of conflict or tension, both people lose access to our voice. So instead of thinking that, oh, I'm going to end this friendship and then keep growing, actually, (laughs) wait a minute. Um, When we are in a place that's difficult in relationship, there's something for both of us there. Um, even if we need to eventually part ways. So we are already Mm. dependent on one another. Oh, yeah. It's like it's happening whether you want to talk about it or not. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's so that's so simple, like simply and perfectly stated. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, I love that. Um, So Kat, is there anything like lingering? You're like, I wish I got to say this or I wish she'd ask this question, something before we hit rapid fire questions. Oh, man. Let me take one a beat to see – if there was, no, I think, I, I think what I maybe want to say is that is whoever is listening, wherever you are listening, that one of my favorite things about this topic, both ending in friendship, friend breakups, or conflict and tension in friendship, is that it does spark so many questions in people mm-hmm. that are really unique. And so, who do you want to talk to about this? And what comes up for you? What is friendship meant for you? And what are the needs or desires that are there that like to go with your curiosity? of the things that are like, oh my God, I just remembered this story from middle school, like to follow those little um, breadcrumb trails um, for whatever that's meant for you um, mm. and what you want and desire or how you want to be in friendships. So, yeah. I love that, Kat, because honestly, like just thinking back to those middle school friendships, mm-hmm. it's kind of, it kind of makes me want to like put my fingers in my ears and go like, la, 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 la. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and like not yeah. hear it because there's just so much of my insecurity and my vulnerability that comes in 
that like, oh. it's like almost like, oh my gosh, I felt like it was like their problem, but there was just so much of like little Sarah Jane that like mm-hmm. needed healing that she didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And I've all, I've never been invited into the space to look at where my friendships have changed me. I mm-hmm. think I've gotten that from relationships. I've gotten that from like family of origin, like, mm-hmm. but yeah. man, if, those friendships, those early friendships, especially like they're foundational parts of who I've become. Yeah, and we don't, I, we don't, I don't talk about it a lot, or I think about it a lot. Yeah, and I, and that's where I think that like that hidden life, what what's what's hidden there. Um, we love the analogy of a seed for our growth, like in the dark and like it's messy. But what if we were to also love that in our relationships? That at some point in our friendships, there's this messy bit that's in the dark, and we don't know what's going to happen. But mm. what what can grow from that? And yeah, I love it. I love it so much. My the book uh, starts with a middle school story, so I'm oh, excited. I cannot for that wait. to happen. Yeah. Um. Well, can we talk a little bit about the book? And you have a course, right? Um, I, yeah, I haven't run it, it in a bit. So I mean, I do have a course. Um, it'll probably be a little bit more. I'll make it like more of a companion to the book. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, bad friend course too. And then, do you? Do you know when you want your book to come out? Is there like a waiting list? How can we do it? Yeah, folks can get on my email list through my Instagram. Although I should make sure that's I'm 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 in grad school, so part of my brain is like split in half. Um, (laughs) But it's (laughs) supposed to be out February of next year. So uh, follow my Instagram. There'll be a place for you to see it. Um, I'm waiting on some permissions, so that might be the only reason it would get delayed. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited. I can't wait to read it. And are you ready for rapid fire questions? Okay. I am ready for rapid fire questions. Let's do it. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. The first book that comes to mind. Ooh. Um, gosh. I'm, I already am going to say Meeting at the Crossroads because that's what I already brought up. It's um, A Psychology of Women and Girls Development. So by Lynn Brown and Carol Gilligan. A favorite song? Um, right now, I really love Mastermind on Taylor Swift's new album. That's good. Something you wish people knew about you. Ooh, gosh, I'm not great on rapid fire. I'm like, these are really. I, is, I feel like for any rapid fire, four, I'm like, wait a minute, I need to like ruminate on this and like sit and look out the window <laughs> for five minutes. Um, let's see. I really, really love sleeping in. I mean, I don't know that that's a, a hidden fact about me, but there you go. Now everyone knows. I love that. Your dream day. What are you doing? Uh, sleeping in. <laughs> um, gosh, what is my dream day when I'm in health and not stressed out? I think going to a coffee shop with my partner, um, somebody that is watching my kids. I love them dearly. Um, but like having them be cared for so I can get a little break is great. And um, yeah, I think going for a hike would be really lovely. And there's this like pizza place out in the mountains. That's my favorite. So ending the day there, um, that would be kind of my dream day. So good. Your final meal, what are you eating? My final meal. Again, this is really funny because my imaginative type four is like, well, <laughs> where am I? What's happening? Is it in a nursing home or whatever? Um, gosh, I'm really here for ribeyes, um, medium rare potatoes and like a really good salad and a good like wine pairing. Yeah. I love that. That's okay. Yeah. Some food for thought, something that people can leave just kind of thinking about today. 
yeah, I think um, what what would happen if you could have conflict without shame? Um, mm. What would happen if tension wasn't a threat to your relationships or to your own well being, um, and actually a greater invitation to your voice? So, just just play. Don't don't try to go and do that. Just play around with what would happen. What would that mean for you? What would that open up for you? Because I think when we allow people to have conflict without shame, eventually they learn how to work together. So, mm. yeah. Oh, that's so good. And where can we keep in touch? Where can we hang out with you online, social media, website, all that? Instagram is probably the place where I'm most active, but my handle is the same for Instagram and TikTok. If you want to help me build my following over there, they're both at Kate Sled. Um, And uh, my website's Catherine Sled. And yeah, you can stay tuned for the book. I also do one-on-one work with folks. So that's open for that. Yeah. Thank you, Kat, so much. And friends, we'll link all of that in the show notes for you. But um, thank you for joining us today and for just sharing your insight and your perspective. It's just absolutely always a joy. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah Jane. This was just such a delight. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.